This is episode 000010. Where's your sustain now, bitch? Coming to you <laughs> from as close as I can huddle to my fireplace. <laughs> it's the tone control. That's good. Yeah, I like it. If, if they're all great, then that's that's too much pressure. So I'm trying to say, okay, we'll do another cold joke. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that works good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> how how have you been since uh, since our since ridiculous an, name episode? Um, as I just said a minute ago, off air. <laughs> Quote unquote, off air. Pulls I feel back like the curtain. I um. It took a lot longer to put all these notes together, all these. It's not even really that much. It was just like, oh, what's all this? Is there anything left from after <laughs> Nam? No. There's, like four pages well, guess, of stuff. I guess we could talk about this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, otherwise, it's been, uh, yeah, the dust has settled, I feel like. I can now like read more closely mm-hmm. about a lot of gear rather than just like, Look at all the gear. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that I was most excited about from Nam, that the uh, Apollo twin from Universal Audio that got released at Nam and totally changed my whole upgrade path for my studio, uh, <laughs> I have pulled the trigger on and I have it in my hand already. And unfortunately, my Thunderbolt equipped computer that is compatible with it is still not here and probably won't be here for a few more days. So I'm staring at this very nice uh, piece of uh, universal audio gear that I'm super excited and not able to play with. So yeah, well that's, that's what happened to me. I was, um, I bought a phase 90. <gasps> Which one? The script, the script MXR phase 90. Custom. Okay. So you are custom shop. Cause you remember the, uh, the phase 99 was was just yep. just came well, out so. so here's what happened i i went to aircraft to see if i how much i could get for my old drive pedal mm-hmm. and you know maybe look around and see if, if there was something worth trading for that i hadn't thought about sure. um but i re- didn't really walk in there planning to walk out with the pedal mm-hmm. <laughs> but um the trade in value was better than the cash value as is often as the case. is the way yeah so for trade plus $10, I got a script phase 90. Oh, wow. Um, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, my old boss phasers in the corner looking ashamed of itself. That should have been part of the trade-in. <laughs> See, well, that's what happens if you don't plan. Yeah. I know. Well, now I've got this. So here's the plan. I've got this phaser mm-hmm. and my tremolo that uh, I'm yeah. not happy with. I'm thinking of doing something with both of those to put towards something glorious. So, mm-hmm. which, and by something glorious, I mean a Strymon pedal, ah. <laughs> but <laughs> that's uh, not going to be a $10 upgrade. I suspect. No, it will not. So <laughs> I don't know what else I can do for that. I mean, wedding planning is coming hard and fast, but like if I can, you know, trade enough gear to have the difference be minimal or equal, yeah. then that would be great or mm-hmm. sell this and that. And plus maybe, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the one I want to get the Flint, the reverb and tremolo together mm. in one box. Mm-hmm. $300 pedal. God. 
but uh, been there. But anyway, the uh, the Phase ninety is great, and I realized when I brought it home and I hooked it all up and everything, uh, I had spent all my years with the PH three trying to get it to phaser. sound the boss trying to get it to sound like a Phase ninety. Yeah. And, and the phase ninety is like, like a two knob situation, or is it it's just a one knob oh, it's a, situation? Right, right, one knob, <laughs> and and it just sounds right. It just goes slower and faster, and it just is, and it sits so much better in the mix. Like it, it plays well with all my other pedals. It's the best, and yeah, that's I don't know. Great. I should have done this a long time ago. True bypass. Ugh. I only have one boss pedal on my board now. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boss. You had such a good name. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. (laughs) In the 80s when people were saying things, or whenever, I don't even know if it was the 80s, when people are saying, that's so boss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They weren't talking about guitar pedals, I'll tell you that. (laughs) All right, well... It looks like you've managed to put together some news items for us in spite of everything coming out at NAM. So apparently some things have happened since then, and uh, we can get to it. So I'm Justin Newton. I'm Derek Heidemann. Uh, who wants to take the first one? You do it. All right. So we did actually bring this up on the NAM show, right? Because these were announced yeah. at NAM. So this is Dunlop's new picks. <laughs> Picks. How could this be an interesting topic, you ask? Well, (laughs) uh, so Dunlop introduces uh, the Jazz 3 in white Tortex. So this is going to be a new material. So they they have plastic versions and they have the Altex, which is like some kind of super hard polymer kind of deal. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what it is. The the red ones that you and I both bought. Those are just I don't they're just plastic. Well, the um, red and the black, right? Red and the yeah, they're different. They're material, different point I shape. Think. I, th- I think. No, they're the, not. No, the the no? Jazz Three is the point shape. Oh. Because there's a Jazz One and a Jazz Two also. Oh, I thought the, the colors were signifying that. No, well the the red and the black ones are different types of plastic. Oh, okay. Um, so they might be they a stiffness. A, they have a different. Yeah, I think so, and they have mm. a different finish. Okay. So. The red ones are smooth. The black ones are textured. Oh. The, I remember a long time ago when I was first trying out these picks, I got a pack of each to mm-hmm. see because there was a lot of talk about them being very different. Okay. And the black ones uh, wore out quicker for my playing style and stained my fingers black. Oh. Well, there's yeah. that texture. You're right. Yeah. So um, I switched to the red ones and haven't looked back. <laughs> yeah, now when I tried them, um, I was playing in a band and another guitarist uh, had got some, the red. I never tried the black, and it was such a, it's such a smaller pick, the jazz shape, compared to a, a regular pick that you'd see anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of scared of it, but he, the way he put it to me is it, it kind of um, makes you concentrate a little bit more on what what you're picking at, and I felt like it really did kind of make my playing make my right hand more precise a little bit and and made it feel better and Um, i think like and more like more i was doing was deliberate i guess right and yeah me too and when i pick up a standard guitar pick now i definitely feel like i'm losing it's all floppy in my hand for one thing (laughs) and i feel like i can hear the pick and i don't want to hear the pick yeah you know i want to hear the guitar 
Right. So well, right, I, I hear this like plasticky, t- you know, tapping yeah. and scraping across the strings, which I'm not really. Well, that's the other into. thing is they're very thick. They're they're not flexible picks, and and no. so if you're like the more flexible picks are going to create more pick noise. Right. They're still. I think they're one millimeters. They're heavies. Yeah. You know, if you're looking at other picks, but between that so, and the small shape. Um, they just don't right. have any bend to them at all, so which I like. So, um, and then you know, when I was accessorizing, basically years ago, getting mm-hmm. into strings and picks and all that, I never could really get into Tortex. Mm-hmm. So I don't like it. Is but it is it just a texture kind of? It's thing? a texture. It's too soft. It's like it feels. I don't know. It's like a matte finish, you know. Uh-huh. And I, I feel like I can't get a good grip on it so is this supposed to be i'm assuming it's supposed to be a plastic that um feels more like a tortoise shell like mm, i don't actually know what a real tortoise shell feels like i guess i mean tortex is one of the, is the dunlop famous like material okay everyone uses them and mm-hmm. i i just that's why i wanted to talk about this is because i don't really like tortex mm-hmm. and everyone else does <laughs> uh, yeah so, so but been... they the, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I've been using the red Jazz Threes like exclusively, and I think I think you gave me an Ultex, like you had some for some reason, yeah. and gave me one. So I have one of those and and one of the red ones. Well, I have a bunch of the red ones, but I have one of those that I don't know. They seemed interchangeable to me, like it didn't matter to me either way. So whichever one's closer, oh, I'll pick up. Not for me. You don't like the Ultex at all. No, it's it's almost this is gonna sound ridiculous. It's like a use case scenario. So like <laughs> I think the Ultex is harder. Yeah. They have even less bend than uh-huh. the than the red ones. Uh as a result they wear out faster, I think, but I feel like they are louder. And I don't know if that's me just trying to find a difference between the two picks, but mm. I feel like they're they're stiffer and I play louder with them. So in scenarios where I'm having a hard time hearing myself, I tend to go for the yellow pick, huh. the Altex. Um, but they're in that weird like matte finish too. So I don't know if like maybe I'll maybe this is the hybrid transition for me to get into Tortex or something. But <laughs> the, the thing is like it looks like these Jazz Threes, the white Tortex ones, don't have any raised lettering, which is the big thing about the Jazz Three that I like a lot. Is you can it hold provides on to a it. grip without doing that thing to the finish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the ones that the red ones are all just injection molded, so they've got yeah. like the Jin Dunlop logo raised. Right. And the so, three on the other side, I found right. it's always a nice grip. Hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll pick up some and give them a try. We'll see. Sure. All right. But uh, New picks. Yeah. And, if, and if you're like, picks, come on. What are you guys talking <laughs> about? Seriously, pick some up and, and try it out. I don't know. It's, it's a thing. Everyone yeah. uses them now. Well, every when people are just getting into guitar, that's their trying out picks phase, right? And then once you figure something out, you feel like you're you're done, right? So well, I I thought I had figured something out with picks, you know, at whatever. It was in college <laughs> when I when I had picked up a Jazz Three. Mm-hmm. I saw it on the cover of Guitar World magazine. Can this pick make you play better? I'm like. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the standard thing, right? If there's a news headline in the form of a question, the answer is almost certainly no. Yeah, but it intrigued me. And yeah. they had people saying like, oh, because it's smaller, you get like better energy transfer from hand to string. I'm like, well, okay, there's But that's, that's a like a truth stiffness of pick issue too. Like if you yeah, use a heavier a, pick, you get thing. the same thing. Yeah. So 
but I grabbed them. I didn't like them at first. Mm-hmm. Tried it some more. Loved it. Yeah. Never going back. Well, I when I picked it up, I thought, this is crazy. It's super tiny. <laughs> How am I going to accurately hit the strings? And he's telling me this is going to make me more accurate. And I did like a band rehearsal, you know, a couple hours of rehearsal. And I thought, you know, I really felt like I was doing better. And even if it was just making me feel like I was more accurate, then That's this is a priceless. case where I'm okay with yeah. that placebo effect. <laughs> Yeah. Um, cause if I feel good about what I'm playing, then I'm going to want to play more. And that's, what's really going to make me better at playing. Mm-hmm. Bam. Yep. I just science your ass. Do a science. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was, uh, that was Dunlop. Next item. Uh, Timbercraft. Custom speaker cabinets. This is, um, this is cool. They did a Kickstarter and I, believe it failed unfortunately <laughs> i think just just out of um uh not enough awareness uh-huh but um but they still exist they still exist i have a feeling they're gonna reissue the um the kickstarter they're trying to get their shop outfitted to so they can yeah. produce kind of thing okay right so it's hand-built custom speaker cabs basically you could say like i want a 212 or i want a 412 or, yep. or whatever and you order it through them. They've got a handful of um, designs. Some are designed like uh, like an old butcher's block with like multiply chunks of wood that looks really cool. The oh, statesman. I see. Yeah, there's sort of um... uh, what is that? Ron Burgundy's liquor cabinet? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's the statesman. Yeah, it's a very um, regal looking dark wood with um, with uh, aluminum. Or probably steel, uh, like corner, uh, the corner knobs, things. Yep, and it's on legs. It's like a piece of furniture. Yeah, like a like a little TV stand or something. Um, the home body, which is like a whitewash finish, looks pretty cool. Kind of an aged. Uh, yeah, it looks like, like t- TV white kind of look. Yeah, it looks like it's white and then worn off. Like so, it's mm-hmm. a distressed finish. Cool. The f- the farm hand, uh, rustic yet strangely elegant. Which mm. I'd agree with. So this is this a stained looks like, pine. Yeah, and it looks like the the uh, photos they have here are of a Hughes and Kettner head, which it looks like he just re-enclosed an amp head to match the cab, which yeah. I think looks killer. Yeah, this looks like your standard, like a Marshall straight cab, you know, like the standard yep. format 412 that they've just made. I mean, it's got the same recessed handles and everything in it, um, but with a with sort of a like a tan burlap sort of look to the uh, uh, grill cloth. You know, I yeah. guess it's a, it's a pretty plain looking tweedish sort of deal and, and a stained pine wood. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And then uh, the traveler, which looks like um, a shipping crate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this guy. <laughs> Solid pine rope handles. That's kind of neat. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it looks, I'm not sure if it's unfinished. It looks unfinished. It looks it's unfinished, got... but that would be, Splintery. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd want it. it. It hopefully it has something clear on it um, because it's um, you would you wouldn't want it. It would deteriorate faster to be unfinished. Right. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're doing. I mean, this yeah. the thing about like not using Tolex or something is these aren't going to be road rugged. You know, like you're if you're not going to put this in a flight case to protect it you know, this might be more like a studio piece or a home piece. Um, right. Not something you'd want to bring out onto the road. I bet this one, the butcher, I bet that would age in a really cool way. Oh, sure. If you, if you're not okay with them getting scratched up and dinged up, then then yeah. do whatever. But, um, but you're, 
I mean, custom made cabs, you're probably paying a premium for this, right? So yeah, they're not cheap. So they that's what they were going for the Kickstarter for was to kind of outfit their shop with appropriate woodworking tools and mm-hmm. just general infrastructure and things like that. Um, and unfortunately, like I said, just I think out of awareness, they couldn't really yeah. get the funding. Because um, they would be they able offer, to bring the price down a bit if they could run, you know, five of each style at a time or whatever, rather yeah, than they absolutely. probably have fewer tools. They could only run one at a time or something. Right, right. Um, so their their whole... I guess attitude is to do away with this black Tolex look and go into like the, just the really boutique, nice looking Mm -hmm. cabs to kind of treat your guitar cab as more of a piece rather than just a cab, you know? Um, So I think they're neat. I I would explore this if I was in the cab market. Mm -hmm. Um, Timbercraft cabinets handmade in the USA. That's timbercraftcabs.com. Boom. Yeah. Boom. The Gibson Government Series 2. Was there a Government Series 1? Yeah. Um, okay, I well, missed that, that's it. fine. It was, we don't have to talk it was, about that. Yeah, it was a long time. It was years ago. <clears throat> okay, so point. these are guitars made from previously confiscated wood that was uh, taken from Gibson when the FBI raided them in 09 and, and uh, 2011. Uh, Les Paul, an SG, an Explorer. Um, and are they all in government tan, this this new color? Yeah. It's so ugly. It is ugly. This is a, I mean, my immediate reaction is, do I feel like I should be celebrating them cutting down illegal woods? I mean, they were illegal woods, right? This wasn't like well, wrongful seizure, was it? Well, the wood was returned. I mean, so if it was really illegal, would they have returned it? Well, I don't know, because maybe. I mean, what are you going to mm. do with the wood? It's already been cut down. You're not going to put it back in a tree. True. I don't so, know. But don't it, it. it definitely feels to me like Gibson is like, you know, <laughs> look what we did. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like we made guitars out of it anyway. <laughs> Well, also, okay, Suck so it, government. if there if 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 there are these special woods, um, when aren't they supposed to? They're supposed to be like you know some special tone wood, right? It's the fingerboard. It's the rosewood fingerboard. Is the issue? <sighs> what so, is wrong with the rosewood that the, any other rosewood? I don't know. I, I don't know what. But the what, thing is, like, they didn't even make like the most elegant, <clears throat> luxurious guitars you've ever seen. Okay. These are basically studio yeah. models, which kind of like also irritates me. Right. That's that's like, a point that I was wanting to make, and I just failed at it. But that that's exactly right because they're ugly. Yeah. This this color is yeah. terrible, and they're. I would much rather see some like limited edition, you know, really fancy guitar. limited by something besides they're made out of this illegal wood and we stamped yeah. they, they stamped this eagle holding a guitar neck it says government series on it so they're just yeah. really flaunting this like this wood was taken from us by the government and i feel like if you look through the comments there's like there's some stuff a you know, the comments on this Gibson blog post, there's some stuff here about like, you know, sticking it to the government. There's even somebody who goes off on a, you know, anti-Obama rant for some reason. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it, it really does like, like, are they intentionally playing into that? Or are they just picking some of this up on the side? I mean, people, internet commenters are going to do this no matter what, but right. But sure. Um, and this is a hotbed anyway, but they are stamping the guitar with this, you know, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm not really into it. They range from a thousand to eleven hundred. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like 
only come in one color, like you said, government tan, which is not even like a desert storm camo color. It's just like this weird. Right. It's, <laughs> it's just uh, a tan anyway, color. So, but they're your typical, uh, the Les Paul anyway, that's what we have up here is mahogany body carved maple top. Uh, mahogany neck, late 50s profile on the neck, rosewood fingerboard, and trapezoid inlays. It's just like, it's a Les Paul studio. Yeah. Uh, so they're selling for uh, 1000 or 1100 and I'm seeing in the comments a bunch of stuff about how they're already out of stock at local retailers. Really? Yeah, and uh, and then there's a little thread here where somebody's offering to sell one that they bought. Asking two thousand. Oh yeah, look at that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so God. I guess the the limited edition thing seems to be at least working on one person. So anyway, I don't know. Bad. I I, I say bad form. <laughs> what do you say? I I don't like it. I think what's really funny is they make a big. There's a comment here. They make a stink about the the logo on the pick guard that they're putting. They on don't these picture guitars. the pick guard. The Les Paul doesn't come with the pick guard. So. <laughs> So you got to buy the special edition pick guard separately? No, it's on the other guitars. It's on the SG and the Explorer, oh. but you know, the Les Paul, so Les Pauls do and don't have pick guards sometimes. So. Yeah, the 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 raised up one with yeah. the brace and everything, yeah. I take mine off sometimes just to see mm-hmm. how it looks. I rock that for a few months, put it back on. Yeah, yeah. I have a hole in my guitar while there's no pick guard on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think the pick guards on Les Pauls are pretty cool. It depends on the you know the color and configuration how cool it's gonna look right so, um okay so we don't like it whatever yeah uh next up another kickstarter well, another kickstarter a, a working kickstarter th- this one this one's funded so this is gig blade gig blade a revolutionary side carry hybrid guitar bag this it, was funded uh almost immediately yeah like within two days or something yeah, I think um, there's still 22 days to go. They are at forty one thousand dollars, almost forty two thousand dollars as of the time of this recording. <laughs> Out they, of their they were, thirty thousand goals, so yeah, yeah they, so they're they're quite a ways over. They're doing good. They have they have extra goals that they're going to hit later. They're going to introduce new colors. Okay, but what is this thing? So this guy is like a gig bag, um, but it's carried sort of behind your shoulder, so you'd hold it. How, how do I describe this? It's in very words? hard to describe. It, it, the so maybe it's we should backtrack a little bit. So like they they're kind of trying to redesign the backpack style gig bag, which mm. everybody has owned at one point. I have a couple. You know, they come with some guitars. I don't have any of those. Um, they one came with my telly. Mm. I don't use it. But um, the thing about the backpack style is when it's up on your back, the headstock sticks out way above your head. And you tend to forget about it and walk into doors and car trunks and things like yeah. that. <laughs> I know whenever mine's over my shoulder that way and I have the tailgate on my car open, yep. it's it's going into it. So. <laughs> um, but if you lower the straps on the backpack, then the guitar's hitting you in the back of the knees and you look like a dummy. So Yeah, and you can't don't walk, go doing right? that. Right. So this one kind of uh, works, I guess it has two shoulder straps, but can also be carried just with one. So it'll be sort of behind... Um, they've got this guy pictured carrying it on his right side. And so he kind of like has one backpack strap and the headstock of the guitar is right behind that shoulder. And the rest of the right. guitar is down below. So it goes down to about his knee, but it's on the side. So he can still walk along and there's a little handle he can hold um, right. with his arm just in a down position. 
Um, and it looks like it would be a really comfortable and safe way uh, to carry your guitar in a gig bag. And these gig bags look, I look at they the, look the finish really ones. nice. Yeah, they're very robust um, with like, you they're know, kind of that hybrid design. Stuff. They've got like a rigid frame inside the bag kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're all on the outside. There's also like some plastic treads. So when you put it down, it's not getting wet or kind of gross. You know, yep. it's, they're, they're tough. Um, I've thought about if I wasn't going to, for any reason, have a hard case, I'd have to get something that's in this hybrid way because regular gig bags just don't cut it. Yeah. For me anyway. But, but it's got a ton of compartments uh, up above the headstock. There's like an extension area to hold like a couple pedals and strings and all that kind of stuff. It's got all the kind of usual compartments for storage where you'd keep sheet music if you had it, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and then it also, you can hold it as a traditional guitar case, just uh, kind of lengthwise. At your side, right? The handle. Yeah. Um, it comes and it's with got treads to be set down that way too. Yes. Yeah. So it was fully funded in four days, but if you can still contribute to the Kickstarter and get the case for a cheaper deal than you will when it hits retail. So yeah, check it out. Um, let's see what else. It's got adjustable foam pads inside, so you can kind of fit it to your instrument. If you've got an offset body guitar. It'll mm-hmm. still fit comfortably. Yeah, they got a and, few different uh, sizes going, so you'll start with yep. the one that's closest and so on. There's a guitar one, there's a bass one, um, and it comes with, I don't know if they all come with, some models come with a little raincoat. So a uh, like a raincoat oh. material thing that goes over it, like you see on some hiking backpacks and that sort of stuff. Sweet. Sweet. I'm, uh, I, I like this. This is good. Yeah, this is a good way to do a gig bag. It's the right way. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, another news item. Fractal Audio. XFX2 XL. Oh, no. It's an updated XFX2. Yeah, which Duh. is already regarded as, like, the best amp modeler in the world, like, bar none, right? Am I right. wrong? Yeah. Nope. Hands down, it is. It's it. Yeah. It, it, it is it. <laughs> so this is like a full new guitar processor kind of deal. Um, you know, everything's a little updated. They've added um, dedicated MIDI outs, in outs through MIDI jacks, essentially. Um, so it can be controlled either way or control other things. Um, it holds up to 512 presets because whatever. Because you need that. Yeah. <laughs> however many it had before wasn't enough. I think it's double. Uh, yeah, so it's got a built-in backup firmware chip, so it can reset itself if if it gets screwed up. So I guess like in the field, like you'd be, you know, at a gig or somewhere where you needed it, and your thing goes down because it's a really complicated computer, and yeah. then uh, you can just reset it right there. I'm assuming you'd also be able to keep a backup of your presets on a thumb drive or something. I think I believe that's the idea. Yeah, because it's got USB ports and. Yeah. Who knows what else? Uh, um, what else? Backwards compatible still with the with the Mark One and Mark Two, uh, and it should be out in March for three thousand dollars. So this thing doesn't have an amp in it, right? Like this is no. just like line level coming out. Well, it's got balanced and unbalanced connections. I mean, you can use this thing as like a full on recording interface. And a lot of people do. Yeah. It's. Uh, I know the XFX three is on the radar. This is kind of an intermediate option. Mm-hmm. I think they might be discontinuing the two and replacing it with this kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, these are becoming more and more popular for a lot of uh, with like a lot really of like prog and high gain kind of guys, right? 
Right. Yeah, I know Coheed has recently switched to using these. Yeah, and their latest album sounds like it, I think. Does it? I'm not familiar not with that it the, enough. Not that the sounds, the guitar sounds sound bad, but they, um, they, I think there's like, there's something about the mindset of using a thing like this. Like you can make your, your sound so drowned in effect and then switch totally out of it in the chorus and use a totally different oh, sound yeah. for the bridge sort I of thing. I see what you mean. And I, yeah. I, there are places on that, um, what is it, the Year of the Black Rainbow album, that I feel like the guitars are really unbalanced. Like the one on the right side is so different from the one on the left that they feel like I'm tipping over a little bit, which I don't like in a mix. I like to have them weighted a little more evenly, unless it's, you know, for a short time for effect. But, you know, for a whole chorus or a whole verse, there's a, a, a very spanky, fuzzy guitar on one side and then a much more, you know low end kind of guitar on the other side with a lot of space on it. Like the echo is what really gets to me is, and that that's something that you come up with when you're using a guitar processor like this is, I feel like you're in this mindset and you're going to have a tendency to put a lot more deep echoes on things. And that's, that's making the guitar sound far away from you. And so if you go putting that right into a mix that way, that's how it comes out to me. Right. I I think this stuff is still really new. And as far as like, you know, guitars and guitar amps go. Mm-hmm. I think we might still be in that like let's do it because we can phase. Yeah. Um they do sound pretty dang convincing if you ask me. Um but it's it's just because you can do it doesn't mean you should overdo it. Yeah. Sort of thing. You know? It's easy to dial in a convincing tone, but it's also easy to dial in a really unconvincing tone. <laughs> well and you it's because I think you can make anything you want that you would never really be able to achieve in any normal uh, recording environment or accessible guitar equipment environment. And that might be really cool. Like, like uh, the way this is set up, are, are they like, do I turn this on and go, okay, give me a Marshall sound. Yeah. So they are labeled that way still. Well, I don't know if it's like, yeah, it's probably something like that, but then Mm -hmm. it's, let me give me a Marshall sound, but actually let me put, uh, you know, vintage thirties in it and, or greenbacks in it or something yeah. like that. And then like, let me move the mic placement a little bit that all that kind of stuff. Okay. And um, on that little display there, you can see your whole signal chain and you can add and remove things and put things in loops and out of loops and sure. everything can be perfect. And I think, but it's, that's, but it's still trying to replicate something that you know in real life you're still going okay give me the mesa boogie double rectifier well with 512 presets um i'm sure there are new things in this that are (laughs) like you know this is this is our sound kind of thing Mm -hmm. i know like a lot of these proggy guys are going for a sound in their head kind of thing that is maybe not built on something like a marshall or a mesa well that's what i'm trying to get to right with this line of questioning is yeah, yeah it's just the more of this, more of everything. Let's just create something totally new. And that I feel like has more credibility than trying to recreate, you know, other stuff. And I get that they're like, well, for this song, I really like this tone. And then I don't want to carry five amps around with me, you know? Yeah. So I, I get it, but um, I don't know. But at the same time, you know, this isn't limited to that. I've seen yeah. a lot of like jazz guitarists, kind of in that camp using this sort of thing mm-hmm. also it's it's just as versatile for it's versatile Absolutely, for any type yeah. of music really and as they go like like i said um 
you know, it's it's known as the best. So, yeah. but if you're so going to use actually, this as your amp, you're paying three thousand dollars. You still need a power amp to right. to run it into a speaker. So you're you're yep. making a very very expensive, um, uh, you know, investment. But yeah, and that investment though, like this this will sound the same always. I think is part of the appeal also. Yeah. And although like amps, like this this bullet we have here about um, built-in backup firmware. All that is is a different problem for a different piece of equipment yeah. than like oh I blew a tube or I tore a speaker or anything like that. It's just a it's the new 2014 equivalent of that mm-hmm. basically. So yeah, oh my god, my amp just crashed. Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, it's it's not to say like I'm sure these are far more reliable, but like problems still exist. So Yeah. Um but they're at least they're you're not trying to get away with um a cheaply made unit. You know, you're you're paying three thousand mm-hmm. dollars for this thing because Fractal makes the top of the line machine. So right. you at least have that. You know, this is on the level with the top amp manufacturers that you would expect to be reliable, roadworthy guitar amplifiers with great tone. This is going to be that for the the digital side, for the right. modeling side. So. I think there's a strong appeal to guys who tour endlessly also. It's probably lighter than a tube amp. And well, like you said to me the other day, I'm commenting that you need a power amp and a cab, and I'm still kind of thinking halfway old school with it because what these guys are probably thinking is they're just going to take that balanced output right into the board. Yep. You know, which I don't like because I think guitars sound weird coming back to me through a floor wedge or through in-ears. But I guess if it was a fractal sound that's designed to be heard that way, maybe they've got it dialed in. It sounds better. But but you can't draw feedback out of in-ear monitors. Right. So keep that in mind, shredders. <laughs> Where's your sustain I'm... now, bitch? <laughs> Suck on that. <laughs> Um, I, uh, this is one of those things I'm just going to have to try and like, I would really love to do a blind test and see if I can tell, you know, that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, I wish, um, I wish people would give us demo models. Uh, Fractal is not far from, (laughs) from me here. (laughs) We just found this out. Yeah. Yeah. They're only, they're only maybe 45 minutes away. So (laughs) You know, well, hey. we should do that. We should um, I'll go pick see, one if, up. see if they have a uh, a, um, a show, like a showroom. Well, I was gonna say, see if they have a, a, a preset in there for like a Fender Deville mm. 410 mm-hmm. and just just do it. That'd be fun. I guess you'd have to get stock tubes for your Fender, though. Well, whatever. <laughs> They should be able to model your yeah. fender with the uh, the AT7 in the first valve, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then this, of course, all needs to be controlled by a, a MIDI foot controller. You know, yeah, that's right. If you're going to change system. patches, so that's even more money, yeah. right? Right. So, something to think about. Well, know. you could just if you're running it into the soundboard, you should also probably have a a roadie or something running your guitar programming. True. Changing your patches. That's so weird to me. In fact, why don't you just record it all and play the track? Why don't you just air guitar your guitar to... Never mind. 
Why don't you know what? Let's just sell CDs and not play concerts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's a CD? Oh, oh no. <laughs> That was weird of me to say. I haven't said that type yeah. of thing in a long time. <laughs> I was at I was doing a session um, just the other day, actually, and got to the end of the session, and I realized like I was at a studio where I have never I've never made a CD at that studio, and uh-huh. I was thinking, oh, how how are you guys expecting me to transmit this mix to you? Should I should I figure out how he burns? Uh, CDs at this studio. Um, I mean, it was a it was a Mac Pro, so I'm sure it has a CD burner in it that I just yeah. hadn't bothered to look at. Um, but it was like, oh yeah, CDs. No, we don't really do those either. So it's like we got like a thumb drive out, but the guy had a, a, a he had a little external hard drive in his backpack, but it was formatted uh, for PC, and the Mac wouldn't talk to it. Uh, so we ended up like logging into his Dropbox on the Mac Pro and just uploading <laughs> things to the band's Dropbox. It's like, we just don't do this CD thing anymore. Um, That's interesting. But it was, it was funny. I haven't made a CD for an artist in years. In really, really in years. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I, think, I think like a year and a half ago I made one. And it, but it was it was like rough mixes. It was like to yeah. listen to in the car on the way home after you know the first day after of mixing. Day, yeah. You know, and the finals were transmitted online. Huh. So I mean, I haven't bought a CD in very long. I've, I bought a CD in the last year because I bought it at a show and it was pre-release. Uh huh. Um, but that was kind of the only reason I got it. And you ripped it into it, the I, computer immediately. Yeah. Because yeah. how do you and listen it, to that? <clears throat> right. I listened to it in my car yeah. on the way home and then in my car for a few more days because I kept forgetting it in my car <laughs> <laughs> because it's a CD. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and yeah, I mean, I now I, I brought it inside and threw it on every device I have. Yep. And the CD still lives in my car along with a few others, <laughs> like as an in case of emergency kind of thing. Sure. But, um, what if there's a sunspot yeah. and all of your equipment stops working? <laughs> right. Yeah. So. so we got one more thing to talk about, and I'm so excited. Derek told me about this the other day. Are you going to buy one of these? I mean. No, I, I don't. You know, I, I probably not. I don't know. I w- it would be awesome to. Um, you don't have enough pedals. No, this is for somebody who's more into it than me, but I see how great this is, like, and it that excites me. Like, I have, about- I still have gear excitement about stuff that I would never, even if I had the money for, I, I wouldn't get. Um, right. You told me about but this the other day. Someone with with ten pedals on their board. Yeah. Now, you would is- have this the most amazing. Okay, so Derek told me about this the other day. He said this was like a a a. a epiphany event for him when he discovered this device (laughs) this is called the gig rig it is it's a true bypass loop switcher thing so basically it switches between all these true bypass loops for your pedals we've seen these before i've i even drew up a little design because i was going to create one for myself one time i eventually didn't do it and i just cut true bypass pedals anyway but this works with anything and everything the signal paths are analog, but it's all controlled digitally. Right. So that's that's the thing that kind of makes it really special. Right. You patch things in, and then there's just this limitless flexibility. You can right. you create these presets, 
um, where for, of combinations of right. pedals. So each pedal yeah. it's uh, is on one of ten uh, loops. So basically, you can have ten separate pedals, or I mean, you could put more than one pedal on a loop, but you have ten yeah. true bypass loops that you basically can install a pedal into. And then for each preset, you tell it which pedals to put in the chain and in which order. So right. for each preset I click on, I go, okay, and that one I want my distortion and my tremolo. And for this one, I want my reverb and my compressor. And it has dedicated tuner outputs. It's got a volume pedal input. That, that volume pedal can be put anywhere in the chain of any preset. So you can have it in a different spot for different presets between different pedals. It's, right, the example being like pre-gain or post-gain. Right. If, if you want to be, have it act as a master or a, or a saturation right. kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, God. My mind's exploding. It, each preset has, like, every, every pedal chain, you can change the buffer settings so it can, like, uh, it can change your gain. Like, you can lower your gain a little bit or you can add a buffer and increase your, or I guess it, you're, you'd be it's buffering down or you'd yeah, be gaining so, up or leave it the right. same. The the combinations are really endless. So I didn't know a lot about loopers in this capacity. I don't. I have uh, never seen until, one in this capacity. Well, okay. I didn't know too much about switching systems really until mm-hmm. recently. So because I see see them on a lot of boards these yeah. days, it seems like. So you've got, like you said, ten loops, and what that is is like you've got an out and an in on this floor unit, and in between those, you patch in a pedal. Or two or three or whatever. Um, Wait, so for 10 pedals, you'd need 20 little patch cables, and they would all connect to this device. It would go out right, to a so, pedal, back in, out to the next pedal, back in. But it solves that problem of if one goes out, they all go out kind of thing. So if you've got one bad patch cable, you're not down your entire rig. You know, you're down right. that effect. Well, it, um, what, it, what it's solving, the biggest thing for me is, like, when I've looked at um, traditional analog true bypass switchers, they, you have a series of switches, and each one is turning on and off a loop in your chain. So right. there's always it's still fixed... just a stomp box for each pedal, right? Basically, it's just true, ba- true creating true bypass loop for a pedal that might not be, um, right. but you're stuck with the same order, and you have to turn them all on. If I wanted to switch to tremolo and distortion on, that's two switches. If I wanted to right. switch to a pe- to having three of those on, I hit three switches. You know, what if I want to change from pedals one, two, and three to pedals four, five, and six, I got to hit six switches as quickly as I can. With this exactly. thing, it's it's a matter of pushing a couple of buttons. Like, if you got to watch the video. Like, it's so easy. I can't believe it. I was watching the guy, like, do these <laughs> patches and stuff. It's, like, the way it should be. It's not complicated. Yeah. There's no save button. You just go, oh, I want that on for this. And you can change it oh. on the fly. And the... Uh... You can you can set it on, on there's another thing for stomp box mode. So you right. can have a pedal in a loop just be on its own dedicated switch. So if you suddenly if you want your boost, for example, still on, just like basically a boom switch. So you can switch <laughs> presets that are changing other pedals, but the boost is independent of what preset you have. Yes. So, and you could do that from any of your pedals. You're right. And, so I mean, ah. I mean, I hope I'm explaining this. We're explaining this in a way that you understand the limitless potential. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the, like when he went into the bit about you can like change the buffer settings for each loop. So like yeah. you're telling certain pedals to be, and I believe that's independent for the different presets too. So on some presets, Should I could be. have it so that uh, I have a little less gain going into this particular pedal, or a little more gain going into this other one. 
it, it's it's ridiculous. And being able to move the volume pedal around, it, it's so cool. I mean, it's gotta uh, be. It's got MIDI it's in and awesome. out, so it can be yeah. controlled by a MIDI signal, by a MIDI device, and it can also control MIDI signals on pedals that are connected to it. So you could set a preset, like those Strymon pedals that have MIDI inputs yep. for those crazy reverbs and stuff. You could set a preset that would not only turn on your Strymon pedal, but set it to a particular patch on itself. So it's, yeah, it's because turning those on pedals that have pedal. their own patches too. Right, and setting a preset within that pedal all from your switcher just by turning on that patch. And that patch might contain other pedals. Ridiculous. Right. It's it's totally wild. Um, you can do... Okay, so let's let's get into specs, mm-hmm. I guess. Ten passive true bypass matrix effects loops, uh, including two stereo loops. Uh, 30 presets in two banks of 15. Oh, that's right, because uh, it has... Oh, I even forgot about that. And you can move those <laughs> loops around, too. Ah! I'm going crazy right now. This you thing can, is so you awesome. You can have um, delay spillover between presets, which is mind-blowingly awesome. This this so can't can happen up, with true bypass pedals, but it can happen with this. Right. So you, right. So you can create like a nearly infinite reverb sustain or a nearly infinite delay sustain, and then jump out of that patch and have it still playing through the rig. But your newly play, created signal isn't being sent to that pedal exactly. anymore. Exactly. It'll do remote switches via TRS, so you can do um, multifunction switching on your amp head. So it'll act as a channel switcher. Right, for anything with latching-style switching, which is almost everything. Programmable pre-gain on every preset, which can buffer, attenuate, or boost the input to your effects. Programmable post-gain gives you control over master volume of each preset. This is such a great idea. So the whole Two, the whole yeah. thing, by the way, is is analog, and all these switches are digitally controlled analog relays. So this is all digital. Like there's just little push button things that are happening here, and your your signal is all analog all the way through. So it it's it has outputs for two. So if you wanted to use two different amps, and you it even has yeah. a, a polarity reversal switch. So if you're using, they, they, he says in the video, for two different kinds of amps, and what he means is if you have a real amp and a modeling amp, because modeling right. amps have a little bit of delay and they tend to invert the polarity of your signal, um, so it'll sound better, it'll sound more full if the signal between those two amps is flipped, um, you know, plus, plus and minus right. are flipped. So, oh, everything. So, and then... More on that volume pedal thing. Yeah. It's a movable insert to connect to your amp's effects loop also. So some presets you can have reverb and delay, for example, in the effects loop of your amp, and other presets they can be in the front of your amp. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the case. You know, um, so when and, and we answered Abe's question the other week, <laughs> the, answer the answer was buy this thing and, and, and yeah, like, ah. So the... um. You can tell it, always put my drive in the front of the amp, no matter what. No matter what other preset. stuff is, is variable. Right. So you can have your, your drive channel, for example, or your drive pedal, mm-hmm. or whatever you want, always be first in line on every preset. And then other stuff you can flex around. Yep. So you can kind of like lock certain things or anchor certain things in your chain where they need to be. Yeah. He mentions, this is wild. He mentions advanced features, which are... 
Like yeah, you hold different functions on on booting up and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like when you plug in the pedal, you hold a certain button down to access certain advanced features. One of them being the um, uh, the reverb spillover kind of yeah. deal. Um, and so there mu- there's probably more of those that we don't know about because he says it. There's in probably plural. there's probably twenty nine more. <laughs> thirty up to thirty presets, two banks of fifteen. So that means you could have. 30 presets you could still you could patch it in so it is your pedal board as is and with a bunch of other presets so you can go from like you know everything's on 11 to glassy chimey clean tones on one foot switch yep it uh, it's the greatest thing uh, like this this makes it it makes it so obvious how all the other like true bypass looping solutions are are such a waste of time because there's such a pain in the butt, like they're adding complexity, really, for for what benefit? For achieving a little bit of true bypass clarity, um, which you could probably get by just getting better pedals that were running right. in true bypass already and getting really good cable. Uh, the sixth batch of these things is is completely sold out. All new orders will do to ship at the which end is of available. March. Yeah, seven weeks they're saying, and it's um, it's not cheap, unfortunately. But, um, um, looks like 375 euro. So is that going to be like 700 bucks? That's American? that's the 50% deposit. Oh my god! <laughs> What's the conversion rate on that? I mean, it, um, it's 749 euro for the new. whole thing. And isn't isn't euros like almost twice the dollar right now? Let's see what let's see what the Google says. 1,021 dollars and 50 cents. All <laughs> 49 right. cents. So not cheap, but this is like this God. is the be all end all solution. I mean, it it is so great. I mean, for, and this, for anybody this company, with a ton of pedals, oh my God, it's so great. So this is called the G two. The company is called Gig Rig. They have been around for a while, and I think this is just the latest in a long line of really awesome gear. Mm. Um, this is gonna make some waves, I think. Yep. Well, it's Guitarist made some waves magazine. in my heart. <laughs> Guitarist magazine says it's the effects pedal junkies no brainer of the year, which, which is crazy for a twelve hundred dollar device. Yeah, but and you know this sounds complicated, but the demo that Pro Guitar Shop posted of it that we're gonna have in the show notes, yeah, it is very easy. Oh, that because that's what and I thought. Like I saw a picture of it. You were you were excited. I looked it up. I saw this picture of it. And I thought, yeah. oh, great. So it's like a true bypass looper, but even more complicated. And I watched him it. Looks demo it looks intimidating. I watched him do the demo, and it's just like he even says, like, look, there's no save button because it just saves. Yeah. Yeah. Just you is. just like <laughs> turn on this preset. Oh, actually, let me add my tremolo to that preset. Click. It's so good. I, I, I wish that we could get our hands on this so I could try to find something wrong with it because it's <laughs> so good. It just looks. I mean it. Uh. I mean, and something I'm struggling to remind myself of is like I always think of my pedal board in signal path. Yeah. Direction. You know, this throws your signal path out the window. Well, you so create like you, it with for every preset. For every preset. So you, you know, if you want your chorus, if you say you want your modulation pedals after your delay for one song, yeah, but or, or for a few songs, and then want them before the delay for the rest. You can do that. Or for and the chorus, just, you want it before the... Like, yeah. Bam. <laughs> okay. All right. I have uh, some... For some realism, if I actually had this thing... Let's wrap. Like if, if I had 10 pedals, 
if I had 10 pedals and this thing was worthwhile and I was a, a wealthy individual, most of these features I would probably not use because I would probably keep things generally in the same order as they are on my board right now because they're in that order because that's the order they sound Because you like in. them, yeah. <laughs> my volume pedal, that's kind of cool to be able to move it around. I would like to have, like, that's a thing I would probably do. I'd like to have a preset where I put the volume pedal after the distortion to do some fade-in, fade-out things instead right. of before the distortion where I could do some, you know, low-gain, high-gain things. Um, right. Having that on a switch would be neat. Although if you had 10 pedals... But if I had 10 pedals, maybe I would be more inclined to do the yeah, different combinations. Say, you might do that, and you might have other pedals that you'd want in an effects loop yeah. or something like that. You know? And I might try to... Maybe I would find that I start playing with the, the gain staging business and the master volume business, and I might find that, oh, I actually... You know, this is actually useful for whatever reason. Right, and it reduces your signal chain to whatever the minimum amount is. So if you're only running two pedals in a certain loop, yeah. you're only going through two pedals worth of chain. You're well, not the, running through the rest of the board. The other thing that this is doing, too, is it's it's got controllable buffers on all the loops and all the outputs, and it's going to be able to balance those. So one of the problems with running everything true bypass without something like this is that Sure, when all your pedals are off, your signal goes straight through your board, straight through avoiding all the extra electronics, and it's going through all that cable run. And right. then when you click on a pedal, you've clicked on a buffer and you've, you know, you've introduced that bit of electronics into your path and the impedance of your path changes. And so right. what some people run into if they have a lot a lot of true bypass pedals is there's a big tone difference from when they have them all off to when they have almost any of them on mm -hmm. because they'll be they'll probably have like a lot more high or well they might have more high-end loss with all the pedals off because with that long a cable run you might need a little bit of a buffer in there this way it's with this device it's going to even all that out because even with everything off you can dial in the exact amount of like buffer that you want and um, it's yeah. going to be a nice one, obviously, because you're paying $1,200 for the device. I'm, I'm sure they put a fantastic uh, line amplifier in it. Right, and it's not like, you know, in a guitar pedal, the buffer is or isn't. You know, this you can dial right. in where you want it. And if I turn on two pedals, I can have it balanced so that the, the buffer is still right compared to, so my guitar still sounds right compared to with those two pedals mm -hmm. off. When I turn on all 10, it'll sound right compared to when those two are off. So... I mean, we're really, oh. we're nitpicking here, but holy crap. I mean, this is just, oh, it's man. just made right. And I get that it's expensive and it's crazy, but it's, it's done right. It has all the features that something like this should have. And you know, what's nice. It doesn't look monstrous. It's big, but it doesn't look yeah. unbearably large. It would yeah. fit on most average pedal boards, I think. Yeah. Like I could It'd get fit it on mine. I mean, Sure. Well, It'd be cool. Because you could, you could move, like in the video, they show like a bunch of pedals like squeezed into a super tight space. And I mean, you yeah. could design a board that way with this thing in it and all the other pedals squeezed in around it because you don't hardly need to touch those other pedals anymore. I mean, the settings you want in those sounds on those pedals, you still need to manipulate, of course. But, but if you're, if you're going to go you know, fancy MIDI controlled pedals, to... then you can control them True. before the fact anyway. But like, you know, I use my, I love my, my flanger and I use a few different settings on it that yeah. I change 
because I like the different sounds. I'm still going to have to do that. That's right. Yeah. It's not like if that pedal had MIDI control, then sure, this would be able to handle it, yeah. but it doesn't. So if I wanted to switch from like a more modern flange sound to a tape flange sound, you gotta I would reach have down to still flip that switch. Yeah. yeah. So, which is fine. I'm doing that anyway, and a lot of people do. But yeah. God, this thing it looks wicked. And the, the, what's great too is like you can design your pedal board layout in what works kind of uh, as far as real estate is concerned, not signal path. That's it. Yes. And and so that's why you'll, you'll Tetris your board all together so it fits perfectly. And it, ah. And then yeah, Such so you can either idea. currently you can either lay out your board to where it looks great and everything fits together perfectly, but you're jumping cables around all over the place, left and right across the board. Which is or extra cable it, length, and that's not what you want. Right. Or you can, which I did a little bit recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, well, it's the same cable length that I used to have, so it's not really that different. Or you can run your pedal board in sequence, basically. Mm-hmm. From, from right to left, everything's in this order. Yeah. Good God. Ah. Uh, uh, well. I don't there's nothing left. We can't no, talk about anything else. So just go go to go to the the World Wide Web's and find the Gig Rig G2. Look at the Pro Guitar just, Shop demo video. It's it's a great little. It's a quick overview. You kind of watch him do it, and you'll see what we mean. It's they've engineered it. They've designed the controls in a way that um, that make perfect sense. Like I can tell right now, I could just sit down and go, "Oh, well, this is what I wanted to do." And I push these buttons, and they light up, showing me that I've pushed them, and then we're done. Yeah. <laughs> and the in the demo, you can tell he's really just scratching the surface. Yeah. He's he's going through some examples that are like, so you get the idea. <laughs> it's uh, nuts. Amazing. Uh, this is this this thing is like. As far as the podcast is concerned, it's kind of doubling as a news story slash discussion. <laughs> yeah. But this, you know, I saw this. I've been seeing True Bypass Loopers around and thought, well, you know, that's a lot of work. Well, that's the thing, like, right? It's a lot yeah. of work. And the only benefit is, I mean, you're not getting the benefit of being able to rearrange. You're not getting the benefit of creating multiple presets, except if you put multiple pedals in a loop. And then what yeah. you've done is you've hardwired that preset into one of the loops. I've put my reverb, my boost, and a tremolo all into this loop. So I switch them all on or all off at the same time. And that's the yeah, only so thing you, you can do with one them. or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I saw this and I was like, wow, you know, Pro Guitar Shop doesn't demo this sort of equipment that often. Mm-hmm. Equipment management equipment. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Right. Um, so I watched it basically just to see what the deal was because if they're endorsing it, it's going to be awesome. I, it was like, like I said to you, it was a sudden moment of clarity. Like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> this is why you want that kind of thing. And like, you know, some quick research reali- made me realize that this really stands alone amongst other mm-hmm. loopers. Ugh. And and there's a price tag. Man, there's a serious price tag. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's fun to shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's all we got for today. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, we have reason to believe there's a lot more of you than we think there are. <laughs> yeah, we were. So Derek set up Google Analytics, and it's telling us that apparently, like, more than two people are listening to the show. I really, still trying to nail down what's going on there. Yeah, but, uh, I'm not sure if we're <laughs> if we're being lied to or um, what is the extent of the lie that we're being told. But I think what I what I want is. I want to know why we don't have any more iTunes reviews. 
If iTunes is pinging our That's server, like Google question. is telling us that iTunes is pinging our server, if that many subscribers are actually happening, even if they are churning and listening to one episode and then leaving, like... Which is fine. Well, you I guess that, I guess I've sort of answered my question <laughs> a little bit there. If they're only listening to one, they realize we're jackasses, <laughs> and then they're moving on, then they're not going to review it. Would, they could still give us a negative review. <laughs> uh, but I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I decline. So... If there's more than two of you, I want to know about it. Yeah. I, I really do, because we're looking at these numbers, and it's like, no. No, wait a minute. No. Like, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so there, yeah. May be, there may be a couple of listeners out there. Um, so A couple more. A couple more listeners out there. <laughs> um, but, but thanks, everybody. You know, we, we do hear from a few of our friends in the IRL that... Um, <laughs> that they are listening and enjoying the show and stuff, and that's fun. But that doesn't count unless they put it on the internet. Unless you put so. it on the internet, it's not it's not real. So, um, yeah. so we would love that and uh, and share the show with your friends and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So hit us up on Twitter at dl heideman and I'm at jn tracks. Um, those are also our website addresses. Um, yep. Because Which we, mine is, has nothing to do with any of this, but that's fine. Yeah, and mine has <laughs> sort of marginally to do with it, with it. But yeah, you can you can find us and you can talk to us. and Yeah, we love to hear from people. Um, ToneControlShow.com. I've been kind of going crazy posting a lot of stuff lately. Yeah, so. there's some... Lots still, still coming up on some NAMM stuff, but our, uh, like reviews and announcements and things and just other fun things. That's so. a... That's a it's a feed to watch. It's basically a Tumblr site, but it's at it, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> but um, it's a Tumblr site that uh, is just full of all guitar stuff, including uh, anything fun that Derek finds and puts on there. And I think you you probably yeah, like it. Like guys uh, video bombing and playing air guitar in the background of a news segment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, fun stuff. Yeah. So check that out. And uh, email us. Uh, the email address is tonecontrolshow at gmail.com and we'll we'll talk about questions and and whatever else you can suggest news stories to us. I mean, we Derek basically puts this all together on his own. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah. So I mean. we're basically we're it's the Derek news filter. He decides what's important. He would, I'm sure, bend his ear to anyone who wanted to email oh, in. My God, please. <laughs> the less work I have to do would be great. <laughs> real busy these days so yeah although i mean to be fair i'm finding out all this news in, in my everyday life anyway so. yes <laughs> that's how this started we were like we just talk about all this anyway let's talk about it on the internet right let's make it official <laughs> okay very good, good.